Hi, welcome to My Stupid Sister Podcast. This is actually just Ivy. Um, Today I am filming a mini episode without Emma because unfortunately we just can't always make our schedules smash together to get episodes recorded and we still want to get content out to you guys so we thought hey this is kind of interesting what if we do a couple mini episodes individually and then we're getting content out to our listeners but we're also maybe spending some time on a topic that wouldn't have enough information for a full episode or something that's more interesting to me than it is to Emma or vice versa um And also, you know, you just don't want the podcast structure to feel boring. We don't want you guys to get bored with how we do things every week. And some people, podcast listeners, really enjoy that. But we kind of like it when things are switched up every now and then and have a little variety. So every once in a while, you'll hear these individual episodes where it's just me or it's just Emma. And hopefully you guys like those. Hopefully it doesn't bother you. Um... Of course, if we're doing these and all of our listeners are like, that's horseshit. Why do you keep doing that? That's a dumb way to do a podcast. We subscribe because we like the two of you together. We want that feedback. So email us at mystupidsisterpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll take everything that you have to say into consideration and you know make decisions from there. But we thought this might be a nice change of pace, and again, it works well with our schedules because not every week can we get together to record, um, and so this kind of helps keep the balance in the interim. Anyway, okay, now that you, I kind of told you guys about that, I'm still going to do a what's up this week. It's just for me, though, and uh, my thing this week is swimsuits for all. All right, so it's summer season. Uh, which means bathing suit season, and as a school teacher, that means I get to take full advantage of that, Uh, and I luckily have made friends with lots of people that have pools, whether at their homes or at their apartment complexes, so it's been my personal mission to find cute swimsuits. Now, I'm not someone that has ever felt comfortable in a bikini or confident enough in a bikini, so that's usually not the route I go. I typically get one-piece swimsuits and have been and luckily like if you look at um companies today they're making some really cool ones for a while they were pretty frumpy and only for moms so it took me a long time to find stuff that I liked because it was like here have this tankini and nothing is tankinis but it just wasn't flattering for me and it's not what I wanted and I just wanted like can I just get like a cool cute one piece swimsuit that um covers me up a little bit but is still flattering and cute and whatever anyway so swimsuitsforall.com is where I get them and I like a few things about these suits first off they're pretty reasonable now you will find ones for like 70 80 bucks but pro tip subscribe to their email newsletters because they do sales all the time and they have sales on clearance stuff like you I mean there's no reason why you couldn't pick up a good suit for 25 bucks there and the th- other thing I like about them is that they last for a long time. I mean, I because I don't do bikinis, which are che- the cheaper option usually, I don't have a ton of swimsuits. I literally right now have two that I rotate between. And I'm looking to add in like a third or a fourth one. But um, So it might get a lot of use. And the swimsuits for all one stand up if you're actually like getting in chlorine and swimming, which I do because I get hot. I know a lot of people just sit by the edge of the pool. And that's fine. I do that too. But... 
Like if you're going to get in and kind of be tough on your swimsuit or go boating, um, water skiing, tubing, whatever, you kind of need one that's going to be a little bit more durable. So I have found that these ones really hold up after multiple wears, multiple uses. Another great thing I like about it is that they're good for all sizes. I'm not uh, a petite woman by any means. Um, I've always kind of been naturally curvy. So they have swimsuits for that size. They have swimsuits for the smallest of women. They have swimsuits for like super curvy, voluptuous women. Uh, I fit more in the middle of those two things, but stuff for all sizes. They do a couple cool collaborations with plus size people. If that is an area that you're interested in, Gabby Fresh has a blog and she does a collaboration with them like every season or twice a year, something like that. And then Ashley Graham, who is the supermodel, uh, she's been like sports illustrator, whatever. She recently launched a collection with them too. Uh, great thing about her collection they did not she did not allow them to airbrush her photos so you can see her like cellulite and her bumps and a little bit of extra rolls and I'm all about it I mean embrace your body no matter what body you got but I think the lack of airbrushing is pretty cool and pretty powerful to young women who need a confidence boost or need to feel good about their bodies anyway that's a tangent (laughs) not super important. Mostly it's just that if you're looking for a swimsuit and you want to find a couple cute ones, there are some mom ones in there. I'm not going to lie. You got to dig a little bit, but they have some really cute ones and they also do bikinis too. Like they do bikinis, tankinis, one pieces, one pieces, they do cover-ups, uh, a whole bunch of things. So that's my what's up this week. And I guess what I wanted to talk about in my mini episode is what I'm reading because I'm an English teacher. I really enjoy reading. Unfortunately, I don't read that much during the school year because I feel so swamped. Uh, Now I have coworkers that read for fun on top of reading for school and all the more to them. I mean, I bless you, bless everything you do. This first year, I could not figure out how to make that happen. So I'm looking forward to this summer where I get time to read for funsies and find books that I really enjoy and just want to read individually. Uh, So that being said, I wanted to cover actually four different books today. The first one is one called All the Bright Places by Jennifer Niven or Nevin. It is actually a young adult novel. We at my school ordered this for all the English classrooms to have and so I was reading it with some of my kids and I need to finish it still I was reading it um at the start of class but it's amazing and let's not discount the beauty of young adult books because these young adult authors are doing something that hasn't been done in years which is actually beginning to understand what life is like as a teenager I feel like this genre was not it it didn't really have a lot of steam for a while and you got either really kitty and they were I mean you got like babysitter club books which are fine but then you go immediately into like more adult novels and there wasn't a ton of good stuff in the middle um now we've got books like the hunger games and the fault in our stars and perks of being a wallflower all these different novels that are starting to take off and I think brilliantly covering what it's like to be a teenager and this is one of them and also like 
even if you're not interested in the teenage life, they tell good stories, okay? So you, pro tip, if you're over 30, you can still read young adult novels. Why would you not want to understand all facets of people around you? That's just my opinion. I don't want to go off on a tangent on that for too long. But anyway, here's what the back of the cover says. Uh, Theodore Finch is fascinated by death. Every day he thinks of ways he might die, but every day he also searches for and manages to find something to keep him here and alive and awake. Violet Markey lives for the future, counting the days until graduation, when she can escape her small Indiana town and her aching grief in the wake of her sister's death. When Finch and Violet meet on the ledge of the bell tower at school, six stories above the ground, it's unclear who, who saves whom. Soon, it's only with Violet that Finch can be himself, and it's only with Finch that Violet forgets to count away the days and starts living them. But as Violet's world grows, Finch's begins to shrink. Um, so what I really love about this one, first off, Finch, the boy character, is written so well. Uh, he is charming, witty, funny, and s- super clever. I think he's a cool character for anybody to read, if you'd be interested in that. Um, what I like about it is that these two kids are struggling in different ways. So ho- hopefully you could kind of tell from the back of the book reading I just did that they seem to, whether or not that's true, struggle with like maybe depression or something dark and heavy in their lives. And they end up working with each other to kind of work out their own issues. And it's a really beautiful story about what it I don't know I I don't have depression I guess and and I can't imagine what that must feel like but the way that this author writes about these kids and what I perceive to be is their depression is kind of this hauntingly beautiful thing uh she does a phenomenal job of selecting words and and making thoughts for these kids that seem legitimate and real and honest and raw um the book is also going to be a movie I don't know when it just says on the cover soon to be a major motion picture I suppose I could look that up really quick I have my computer right here all the bright places movie let's see what do you got to say oh there's a trailer well what in the the gosh darn heck. Um, Elle Fanning. So Dakota Fanning's sister. Looks like she is the Violet character. Um, doesn't list out any other people on there. Like no other actors, actresses, whatever. I'm not sure when it's going to come out. But anyway, it's great. It's one of those books that I would say for, for sure read before the movie comes out. It's a quick read. It's not that hard at all. So anyway, um, All the Bright Places, that's my first one. My second one, in keeping in accordance with the young adult theme we have going on, I have uh, Red Queen. And this was one that was actually introduced to me last year when I was student teaching in middle school. Uh, The teacher I shadowed was, first off, great teacher. Um, She did this thing every week called Take a Look Tuesday, which I have now stolen and used in my own classroom. So thank you, Valerie. Um, 
And she'd featured this one, and she told me, she's like, you got to read this. This is the next, like, dystopian novel series. Uh, It's going to be big. And I had it in my classroom because, again, my school ordered it. And then I started reading it with my kids, and I am hooked. I'm going to finish it this summer. Um, This is what the back says. Mare Barrow's world is divided by blood, those with red and those with silver. Mare and her family are lowly reds, destined to serve the silver elite whose supernatural abilities make them nearly gods. Mare steals what she can to help her family survive, but a twist of fate leads her to the royal palace itself, where, in front of the king and all his nobles, she discovers an ability she didn't know she had. Except her blood is red. To hide this impossibility, the king forces her into the role of a lost silver princess and betroths her to one of his own sons. As Mare is drawn further into the silver world, her actions put into motion a deadly and violent dance, pitting prince against prince and Mare against her own heart. From debut author Victoria Aveyard comes a lush, vivid fantasy series where loyalty and desire can tear you apart and the only certainty is betrayal. Um, so like I said, Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard, Aveyard, I'm not sure how you say it, never am. Um, it is since a series, there are multiple books in, I want to say like three, maybe four, hold on, let me look. Oh, four book series, all right, so, and it's a number one New York Times bestseller, um, so it's Red Queen, then it's Glass Sword, King's Cage, and War Storm. Looks like Warstorm literally just came out this month, or like in May of 2018. Um, so this that is the conclusion, the Warstorm one. It looks like it's only going to be four books. Um, I think it's going to be a movie too. They all are. Um, maybe? Well, I don't know. These are kind of a lot of... This is just kind of, I, I don't know. IMDb is not really helping me out a lot here. Either way, not important. Um, the thing that I like about this book is it is fantasy, first off, which is not a genre I gravitate toward. Um, if I was in high school, this probably wouldn't have been something I picked up right away. I would have picked it up because it got big and I would have hopped on the bandwagon. Um, and it is big and I am hopping on the bandwagon now. But it's not the type of novel I usually read. I typically read fiction but like realistic fiction stories that to me could be happening somewhere um I've now that I'm an English teacher and I've done some English coursework I've broadened my range of reading and I try to read a variety of stuff so I can recommend all sorts of different things to my students because obviously they're they're not going to like to read what I like to read but I want to know what it is they're interested in and be able to give them recommendations um as their English teacher so this one, like at the beginning, it kind of starts with some backstory jargon stuff, but it picks up. And I would definitely categorize it as dystopian. I, right now, like it better than Hunger Games. I have not read the whole series, and I will read the whole series eventually. Um, I also just love, this is the weird feminist in me, but I love strong female characters, which is what Mare Barrow is. She's the main girl. I think she's 17. And she's just tough as nails. I mean, she could give two shits less about what people think of her. And 
that's a character archetype that I identify with, not because I necessarily always fit that, but because I think it's really interesting and cool to give girls, women, ladies, those kind of figures to look up to. So, uh, read Red Queen. This one is getting to be really addicting. And I'm probably going to read All the Bright Places and Red Queen at the same time because I'm just ready to see what happens in the end of each of them. Um, now to move on to a more quote-unquote adult novel is Sick in the Head by Judd Apatow. Uh, if you know Judd Apatow, he directed Freaks and Geeks. Um, he either directed or pro- produced Bridesmaids, um, Knocked Up. He was on, he helped write, I think, Heavyweights. I mean, A lot of my favorite 1990s comedies and newer have had Judd Apatow at the helm. So he wrote this book, and this is what the back of it says. From the writer and director of Knocked Up and the producer of Freaks and Geeks comes a collection of intimate, hilarious conversations with some of the biggest names in comedy from the past 30 years, including Mel Brooks, Jerry Seinfeld, Jon Stewart, Roseanne Barr, Sorry About Your Show, Harold Ramis, Louis C.K., Try not to be weird. Chris Rock and Lena Dunham. Before becoming one of the most successful filmmakers in Hollywood, Judd Apatow was the original comedy nerd. At 15, he took a job washing dishes in a local comedy club just so he could watch Endless Stand Up for free. At 16, he was hosting a show for his local high school radio station in Syoset, Long Island, a show that consisted of Q&As with his comedy heroes from Gary Shandling, R.I.P., to Jerry Seinfeld. He talked about their careers, the science of a good joke, and their dreams of future glory. Turns out Shandling was interested in having his own TV show one day, which, spoiler alert, he did, and Steve Allen had already invented everything. 30 years later, Apatow is still that comedy nerd, and he's still interviewing people about why they do what they do. Sick in the Head gathers Apatow's most memorable and revealing conversations into one hilarious, wide-ranging, and incredibly candid collection that spans not only his career, but his entire adult life. Uh, So I love Judd Apatow. I think he can do no wrong. I also find it super intriguing that at 15, these up-and-coming comedians would take time to sit down and talk to a 15-year-old about comedy. Um, I think that's a really cool thing that I would show my students. It's like, hey, just because you're 15, 16 doesn't mean people won't take you seriously and not, you, you can pursue your passions at those eight, that age, which he did. Um, I've also just been, if you've been listening to the podcast, I've been super into comedy lately. Uh, I watch Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. I was really into the history of comedy on Hulu. I watched the ever-loving shit out of that special. And what's interesting is actually I don't spend a ton of time watching stand-up. For as much as I enjoy comedy and learning about comedy, I need to add more of that to my arsenal. But I, I, I think that comedians are exceptionally profound and have a way of looking at life that most people do not see or do not, um, what's the word? Like, they just can't fathom kind of thing. Um, they see the world through a very real lens and are able to portray that in a comedic way, but that's also like hits home. You're like, shit, (laughs) you're really right about that joke you made about moms or dads or siblings. Like, holy hell, that's spot on. Uh, so I love reading that stuff. I just think it speaks to real life and 
Um, his interviews are cool. Some of them are shorter than others. Like he might have only had a little bit of time with that comedian, but others are longer. Um, and again, spans the whole gamut of comedians. As we know, they can be controversial because I just said Roseanne Barr's in there, Louis C.K. Uh, comedians get in trouble all the time and some things more serious than others. But I think still interesting perspectives to read and learn about. And the, I mean, you can't deny that they're brilliant minds. So grab that book. And then the last one, I have a lot of kids that have friends. So I wanted to give a shout out to this book, which I love and fits in the same category for me as the Red Queen, which is here's a spunky, sassy little pig who does what she wants. Um, the Olivia books by Ian Falconer or Falconer. She is that like spunky little pig and she, that she just is <laughs> so funny. I have sat in Barnes and Noble on the floor reading that series and laughed out loud till I was crying. Now that might say something about me but regardless I think they're really funny books she uh teaches kids to be individuals but there are some weird funny interesting culture things that the author throws in and I I personally really like the illustrations too they're mostly black and white but he'll throw in like a pop of color here and there and I don't know they're great I I would buy everyone I actually did buy one of them for myself um, the one about Olivia and the party princess or something because I thought it was so funny and I wanted to have it in case you know if I'm ever having a bad day I'll pick up the Olivia book and read it and then I'll feel better but anyway so those are four books that I'm into again just a recap it is All the Bright Places by Jennifer Niven, Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard, Sick in the Head by Judd Apatow and Olivia by Ian Falconer. So go out and grab them. They're all on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I prefer to usually support my local bookstore, which is Beaverdale Books, if you're in the Des Moines area. Um, love that place. So go find them. Go pick them up if you're interested. If you ever want any other book suggestions, feel free to email us or shoot us a message on our Instagram. Our Instagram is my stupid sister podcast. Um, oh, yeah. I was going to say .com, but that's it's not a website. It's just an Instagram <laughs> Oh boy, I'm a wreck when Emma's not here. Um, she, by the way, shout out to Emma. She is the workhorse of this team. She would never brag about it, but she is the one who records it. She edit like she records it on her computer, edits it. Was the rock star in doing all of our logos, um, creating the Gmail, creating the SoundCloud account, figuring out how to upload to iTunes. I literally have been in the passenger seat and she's been driving us. Um, I just come up with ridiculous ideas and show up to record. So if you want to give any credit to anybody, it's Emma because she, like I said, is a workhorse, an amazing lady. But anyway, thank you for listening to this mini episode of My Stupid Sister podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about me, I guess, or us, what what I talked about, or if you have a show idea you want to discuss, just email us at mystupidsisterpodcast at gmail.com. And if you think we're cool or I'm cool, we're, we're cool. I'm not cool enough. If you're subscribing, it's because of Emma too. Um, hit subscribe, rate us in iTunes. Again, we're on SoundCloud and wherever you can find your podcasts. And uh, you can tell your friends if you want or not. 
whatever you decide. Fine by me. (laughs) All right. Stay weird, friends.